Hi guys. Thanks for tuning in today. And guess what? It's not only on the podcast now, it's live because during this pandemic, we're on Zoom. We are making it real. We are being authentic with all our guests. I'm so happy that you guys are tuning in today because my next guest has now become an internet sensation with his parodies of all these incredibly funny songs that he's done, which we're going to give you a little inkling and listen to throughout this um, Zoom podcast slash YouTube <laughs> event. Uh, you know him from the second season of The Voice, which he won... Fourth place. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? Fourth place. <laughs> though, oh, I I say, <laughs> though I say... Though I say... He's listening, and I'm just not showing you his face. That's anyway, right. he is an amazing singer, an amazing comedic actor, just an amazing actor as is, and he was Phantom of the Opera for 700 performances. He has albums that uh, made the charts uh, uh, like Rhodes, Constellation, Home for Christmas. He is just an amazing human being and actor and brilliant singer, and we're going to talk right now. Come on alive with us, Chris Mann. Woo. I know you heard everything I was saying. I, but that's I always funny. say when uh, people f forget, you know, w how I did on The Voice, I always say, well, I was Christina's finalist, Aguilar's finalist, and I got fourth place. And I, I would have won if you had just tried a little bit harder. That's how I say it. <laughs> who, won, who won that year? I mean, so long ago. My good friend Jermaine Paul won. But yeah, that, I mean, that was season two. That was eight years ago. That's and that show time. was just getting started. So um, there was a couple, obviously it was an amazing experience. It seems like a lifetime ago. But why, uh, my episode premiered after the Super Bowl. That's, they were launching that show. Oh. So I was one of four people that sang on that episode. And um, wow. so literally overnight, like, things changed. And I have to tell you that I haven't experienced anything like it until this Corona pandemic. <laughs> exactly. So let's just talk. Okay. Wait. Okay. I know this is like, which you this are... is bigger than the voice, like the reactions bigger than it was. Before. Okay. Then let's just delve right into it because I really want to talk about your acting life, <sighs> life uh... but we'll do that after. Let's talk about the phenomenon you've become. So what happened? Did you just were you like, Oh crap, there's a pandemic. I'm just going to sing. Were you doing it for fun? What? what? <laughs> tell us. Basically, like zero thought went into this at all, which I would love to talk about because as somebody who has tried so hard to control my career and success, <laughs> um, yeah, yes. which it like doesn't always work. Um, I, I didn't really try. Yeah, I literally didn't control. try at all. Right. And and it, and so anyway, if you don't know, so I'm a touring musician for the most part, which is why I'm in and out of class with you because I'm gone a lot. So my, this pandemic has canceled all of my tour dates yes. and every live performance date. So I'm sitting at home quarantined and going, I'm not really sure what to do. We had just made our big grocery run to, for like at the very beginning of this. We're probably in at this point, um, three weeks at our house, I think. So, mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit longer, but I was just frustrated and annoyed and confused. And so my son went down for a nap and I thought, oh, it'd be funny to like sing my, to do a play on my Sharona, which sounds so like cliche. It is cliche. Right. So stupid. No, such a stupid I, idea. But, and no, there's. Oh, it's such a great <laughs> idea. I was singing that the first week. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are, are thinking about it, but yeah. so I, I, um, I know how to record myself and just from doing, having to do stuff on my own. And so I, I wrote quickly some spoof lyrics down and then uh, went into the bathroom in my house and 
recorded the song and then did this like one take one shot video where I had some I grabbed like just anything around that I was like oh Purell and gloves and a mask and oh we're like spraying some you know cleaning solution and I just grabbed it all and I had it on a chair in front of me so everyone's like oh we're people handing you props I was like no I was just grabbing them sort of improving this whole thing throwing them over my shoulder Wait, where were they where they were just next to you you just did you have it lined up or you just ran no, I had them on a we had like a bar I had a bar stool sitting here that had they were that were just there and so I knew I was like all right because I'm trying to keep focus <laughs> I have a ring light in my bathroom looking at me and I with that blue walls just our paint painted wall in my bathroom Amazing. and then um my computer's here playing the song and then here I just am grabbing Purell and Clorox and basketball and all these things um yeah, just had them. Wait, let me just ask you, how long did it take you to write that? Because the lyrics were hilarious, which we're going to pop it on after we oh, talk thanks. about this song, and then we're going to pop it on after we talk about the next one. Thank you. Not long. I mean, I... Really? The, the songwriting part's easy for me, and I... I um, and sort of getting to an interesting revelation I've had through this uh, attention that these have brought is that as someone who has written record albums and albums and albums of original music and been signed on major labels for that and and had like I've had some really great success and I've had some low lows and I haven't achieved goals that I wanted and whatever and I but I've I've always like really tried to fit what I thought I needed to do or what I needed to say or what I thought was going to resonate and I didn't and then I didn't do that at all here I wasn't worried about saying fuck I was like my audience is going to reject me you know things that I'm so used to having to be like oh I'm but it's about be... authenticity, right? It's always about Apparently. that. And so I, this is the first time in like 20 years where I felt like I was saying that just writing what I would say normally as a person, not really worrying about it. And then 50 or 60 million views later in five, in four, three weeks, um, people are really connecting to it. And it's the first time I've ever experienced this. But I do. They're so uplifting and funny, and you are so specific. And you know, in our in the class that you're in with me, that I always talk about being specific and having those comic moments. And all of a sudden, because it was so truthful for you, you were able to just organically yes. be in those beats that were so incredible. And I and I do have to say, you're a musician. I would think first, and then we'll talk about that. And I've worked with other really famous musicians, and I feel like there there's music musicality in your acting and in your acting there's musicality so i think that oh, transition cool. kind of allows the transition to be easier well that's that's cool that's a neat way to look at it i mean i definitely feel more comfortable singing when i mm -hmm. communicate i'm very comfortable with that and so you and i have talked about speaking sometimes feels foreign to me because I'm so used to, to like You can singing. sing to me right now. You can sing this whole thing. We'll be very happy. <laughs> we'll just sing the we'll be very happy. Can we just put on one clip, one little beat right now of, of uh, my, my Corona? Corona? Is that possible? Yeah, let's do it. We'll listen let's to do it. it. Let's do it. Where is it? We don't have it. It's not working. We're trying. I feel like I'm Kelly Ripa. <laughs> That's all right. So while she's looking to pull that up, the, I think that why this, for my version, ex exploded was because on that um, 
the melody, which is dun, 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 I put lyrics to it and I made a bass line out of it, which was, I need toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper. I'm out of toilet paper. And I think it just like from, I'm not, I was in acapella groups and stuff. So like, I was like, this needs to be something. And I think that that is why single-handedly why my version went um, like popped out of obscurity because people laughed immediately at that. And, um, uh, so I became like the picture of me holding two empty toilet paper rolls became mm -hmm. like the picture of the pandemic spoof. But um, how did it happen? Let me just ask you, since obviously we're having a technical issue getting it up and that's fine because I'll tag yeah. whoever listens to this. We're going to get them all up again, whoever yeah. hasn't heard it. So you made it, you cut it together it. Yep. and then you just put it on your Facebook? What'd you do? I just put it on my Facebook. I, I did it and I put it on YouTube and I didn't even think about it because I have posted, like I've posted a hundred other things. Yes. And in, um, in four days, it was 20 million views on Facebook. And now it's, you just I don't even, up on, what, what yeah, I just, oh, I just started looking at it and I looked at my wife and I was like, this is like, people are, is this going viral? Like, <laughs> and then Amazing. I put it on, on YouTube, which I had, you know, 20,000 subscribers, which isn't nothing, but it's also nothing. And it, um, now it's at like 6 million over there, but, um, it was, so I quickly thought, I realized as someone who has tried this for so long being like, oh, this is different. And this is, I need to follow this up because I also felt, I felt a little icky at the beginning too, because my Corona, I was, I have in no way, shape or form ever been making light of what's going on. But of right. all of them that are the most ridiculous, it's that one. And so I thought, I didn't know yet. I was like, are people going to hate me? I had, I had a couple people in my, yeah. in my group that were like, this is a huge mistake. You should pull it down. But let me just tell you something that, that comes out of fear and comedy is a fine line and they're funny. Yeah. And so not everyone's going to love it. Of course, I'm comically, you know, in, it's innate in me to find the humor in all the pain. So, you know, I'm going to love it, but some people won't, but who cares? Because well, we're, just, it was, we're doing this it. This is another interesting phenomenon about yes. what this is, is that there's over a hundred thousand comments on these videos and I can count the negative ones on both of my hands. See, like, there's none. It's unheard of. Yeah. Because people are coming together. People, I guess that it is resonating with are coming together because they need it. And uh, again, like that was, I had no intention of um, that happening here, but that's what's happening. And so now I'm as a creator thinking like Sherry Shaw, like how can we write our own show as yeah. someone who has been always in the mix oh, well i really think that saturday night live should have you on as a guest because they're doing it i'm not kidding mm -hmm. i'm not joking you know i'm a huge fan i you know and i oh, i you're, when this is over you should have your own show and <laughs> well i people, want one <laughs> if people don't see how talented you are through this they're crazy so it's just um, incredible but let me can i just ask you something yeah. so in your training for music did mm -hmm. were what, what was that path? And I, Lily, who's running this right now, is writing me notes about why the music isn't playing. Okay. Okay. She wants to try it again. So before we go further about that, let's yeah. just try it one more time. So screen share. If you cut to your screen share, perhaps. Um, she is trying to do it. I think let's yeah. try it. Let's just see if we you can, can get always it just interrupt us. It yeah, it's no big deal. Let's try it, Lily. This is Lily who's helping us run this. All right. Oh, there she is. Can you hear it? 
Got to make a grocery run. Well, that sounds fun. Why am I out here risking my life? Corona, where's a goddamn parking space? Shit, I touched my face. Wait, I think I finally got my Corona. Stop. Okay, that's all. I was hoping that we'd get the video up, but that's okay. I'll get the video up because it's just brilliance. Anyway, so let me so let me ask you. So trained in music, what is that training? Were you Opera. just born an incredible singer? Um, I, had, I was born with a natural instrument, and I was identified by my middle school choir teacher, or high school oh. choir teacher, who called my parents and said that Chris has a real voice, you should take it seriously. So I'm wow. from Wichita, Kansas, so my family uh, got me into voice lessons at Wichita State University, and so I started studying classically in high school and knew that I wanted to um, be a recording artist and picked vocal performance major to do that. And I wanted to be in a music city. So my top two choices were USC here in LA and then Vanderbilt in Nashville. And I just fell in love with Vanderbilt and that's where I went. So I studied music. That's incredible. And opera, I mean, your voice is so, can you sing something right now? No. <laughs> that would be so amazing. <laughs> I love all these wonderful singers whenever I ask them like, no, my voice isn't warmed up. No, I didn't have my hot tea. But listen, believe me, it's, it's uh, I understand that a hundred percent, but you know, of course, if you're willing to just shoot me out something right now in this very awkward moment, that'd be incredible. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think of what my college audition, since we're talking about college. Um, <laughs> no, I can't even do that. So I, um, I did Playing Phantom, which I've worked with you on. Um, I actually auditioned for Raoul. We can come back to this, but I went into saying, I'll ask of you. And then they stopped me in my audition here in Burbank and said, no, 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 no. You're, you're a phantom. Can you sing music of the night? And I said, well, yeah, but I don't know the words. So I went over to the piano and they started playing it, and I read over the accompanist's shoulder and did the whole night time sharpens heightens each sensation darkness stirs and wakes imagination silently the senses abandon their defenses amazing and then i booked phantom but your voice is so gorgeous so clear just so and the reason why i mean i'm talking about my mom saying with the Boston uh, Symphony, with the Seijio Zauer, Leonard Bernstein, my mother has perfect pitch and was an mm -hmm. opera singer her whole life. Of course, I rebelled and hated it, but my dad was tone deaf. So my mother was pitch perfect and my dad was tone deaf. So all the kids, our voices are okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so, it's just such a wonderful thing. And do you have perfect pitch like my mom? Cause she can pick up anything sing it or play it on the piano. So like, there's a thing called relative pitch, which means I, um, just from muscle memory and lots of practice and having a really great ear, I can generally t feel and tell where I am. But if some, I don't, a perfect pitch person like your mom, you could say like, what's C sharp? And they would just be yes. like, nah, this is C yep. sharp, but I don't have that. No, you could, she could, you could just, you could just sing that and then she could just play it. Right. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy, but you are so brilliant. Okay. So you went to college, you started performing. How did you get on the voice? We're segueing to oh a whole God. bunch of That was a lot. So it was a lot later. So before that, um, mm -hmm. I stayed in Nashville to try to do the writer's rounds and was a bank teller for Bank of America. Oh. And um, that's how I was paying the bills. And 
there was no place for me in Nashville for no. my voice. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still a classically trained pop singer and I, it's hard enough there like to have those two things together as it is to be in Nashville. So I transferred with Bank of America. That's how I was able to move to New York. So wow. I, moved, I got a transfer to the Rockefeller Center um, branch of Bank of America. And so I, that's how I was able to go. And so I worked my day job. And then at night I was gigging out and playing music and loving my life. I was in my young 20s and it was the best. <laughs> and um, the best. I would eat. I tell this story because it is impactful to me as a memory. But I used to eat out uh, underneath the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Uh, get like the soup kitchen, the soup Nazi soup and eat my yeah. lunch as a bank teller and under that tree. And then after I was on The Voice, I I was asked to be a part of that tree lighting concert on NBC. So I was, oh. I, it was very amazing to be a part of that. Um, and my, the, the ice skating rink, when you're shooting that concert, they allow like us to have VIP people. So all my friends from New York were in the front row and oh. they knew that I had like been through so much stuff and it was so cool to have them all and actually oh, I have singles. singing backup for me oh. are some of my favorite singers that I were friends with in New York and Laura as well uh got off track so and just said Laura though but no one knows who Laura is Laura my is wife's name is beautifully Laura. talented spectacular wife thank you and she and I met she's a music theater actor and um we met in New York City so um anyway so I I was trying to get a record deal and I ended up getting one. And so I got my first deal after showcasing for many people with Sony. So I moved. But what does that mean for people who are singers out here who don't know, what does that mean showcasing for Sony? You just okay. call them? What, what's the process? No, I had a manager. And so I got my first manager and this is um, also like a good lesson as any performer, no matter what you're doing is that I, you never know who's gonna see you do what you're doing. So I, I sang the alma mater at my college graduation and that hungover performance because let's be honest um <laughs> but one of my classmates moms worked for a record label and she heard me and she got in touch with me and connected me with who became my first manager you and never so my, know. you never know so my first music manager was able to get me in front of a and r artists and repertoire people that sign you to a label and i was passed on many times but i finally got my first offer from Warner Brothers and then Sony in typical fashion heard about that and came in and sharked me. And I wow. so I went to Sony because of who I was being signed to and I felt mm -hmm. that was more secure. Mm -hmm. Plus people uh, like Josh Groban and Michael Buble were already on Warner Brothers and it seemed silly to like go to a place where there was other people like in my genre. So I didn't go to Warner. Incredible. Well, moved to LA, make this gorgeous record, only to find out that they fired everyone at Sony and I was being dropped and that never came out. Oh, so now I'm just like everybody else, you know, very typical story to be dropped by your label. So I'm out here, um, devastated, have just lost what I thought was like my dream ship coming in. Oh my God. I played tennis. I was playing with a friend who is a music producer and he goes, hey, you know what? I've got this thing if you want to sing on it um i would just come and it'll be a job and so it was glee and uh before glee was out so i was singing on glee from the beginning um oh. which is off camera vocals doing uh group numbers and all the stuff that you were hearing on that show i had uh, no idea that you did that not yep, even the slightest I did for clue. two years wow. and then eventually got put on screen as part of the warblers which is the darren chris led yeah 
boy group. So um, I was, you know, the oldest high school. They always put me like in the back corner because I haven't, I was like, even back then I was too old to be um, like in high school. But I remember. Is it mine? Jesus. I don't know how my phone just rang when my okay. phone is off. That's crazy. I remember, I this is also another story that I'll always remember. So I'm there at lunch with the other warblers, including Darren Chris. And, um, and uh, Darren had just, this was like a one or two day guest star okay. that he was supposed to play. Right. And uh, he was like on his phone, booking his flight back to Chicago and being like, yeah, guess I'll go home now. And then obviously that episode aired and the warblers exploded and Darren Chris exploded. And then of course he became like major series regular, but that yes. was not the way it was supposed to be. Oh, it was only supposed to be a couple, uh, just, just a, a couple things. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I like, too. but I do remember, I kind of can vaguely see you in that group. I was obsessed oh, yeah. watching that show. So that was my first session singing job to help sort of pay the bills here. And then eventually I, so I got a new manager and started working with David Foster who's a big music producer out here. Yes. And um, that manager um, helped me get an appointment to, to audition for The Voice. And all that means is that you just don't have to wait in line, but you're still doing the same process. But well, I, I do have to share with you that my okay. old office manager, Tara Lane, auditioned and got on The Voice. Oh. And she got on, but she was never shown. None of her singing was shown. So she got oh. the bad end of the deal on that. Oh, He's awesome. a brilliant singer, but there's a, I'm sure. knowing from her the process, that is a big process to get on, yes? It's huge, but let me tell you, this is a total weird fate situation, um, which I can talk about because I've had so many shit storms in my career. So, <laughs> but We're going to get real with Chris Mann right here, right now, yes. Yeah. Um, I love I, I um, didn't get on The Voice, which is not a surprise. Like I've, I've auditioned for Idol, I never got on. I, I auditioned for season one of The Voice, didn't get on. So here I come back season two, mm -hmm. and I decided to think more of like a casting director. I was like, all right, just be the Josh Groban guy, because that's mm -hmm. what everyone's tried to make you be anyway. And instead of being like, oh, but I, I really like pop, and I really yeah. like... No, right. I'm just going to be, so I sang You Raised Me Up in my audition. I said I wanted to have Christina so I could sing the prayer in the finale. Both of those things happened. But I, um, I wore so a you suit. Actually, you did something smart. You marketed yourself. Yeah. So you could close the deal, which I tell actors to do all the time. Find right. a couple of people that you play, that it's in your soul really well and mm -hmm. go for that. And be it. Yeah. I completely shoeboxed myself and um, did not make it on. I found out I was not accepted while I was singing on the Muppets movie. I was, I remember being in the booth and was like, I got the rejection email. I was like, okay. Six weeks later, my manager calls me and goes, are you sitting down? Um, they've changed their mind. Like, can you basically come tomorrow and be on the blind auditions? Like that's more or less what happened. Well, what we think happened is that Mark yeah. Burnett, the show's creator, um, he produced the Emmys that year and had, yeah a classical guy group called the tenors on to do the memorial song. Mm -hmm. And it was very well received. And he, as a TV producer was like, we got to have this on the voice. And he went to casting. Uh -huh. and he was like, why didn't you get me like something like that? And someone goes, we did. And they remembered that Josh Groban guy. And so they called me. And so I, I went, I had skipped like this huge rounds of producer oh, yeah. sessions and yes. had gone right into the, the blind auditions. And um, I remember being 
on the soundstage to go do my blind with, and Mark Burnett came up to introduce himself and he was like, he literally was like, I don't know if they're going to turn around for you, but I'm glad you're here. Like, I'm really sure I was like a diversity. I was just supposed to be like a diversity act. And then I basically won the show, except for there, there was a couple things that it was not my fault, but I did very well. And it was totally an accident. I really don't think they, they but I do have to say, there's so many brilliant singers that audition and don't get on. I mean, you're so, it was a blessing that you got on. It and was a blessing, it, yeah. And it helped. And I, I do feel for all the other artists out there, and I think they should always try and try and try. It's a great vehicle, um, but not to give up whether they don't, because there's so many incredible voices out there, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think mine's a great example. Like, I didn't, I really didn't make it on. And I think it doesn't really the best people are not necessarily on that show. And the show is not relevant anymore, like it was at one point. But, right. um, but let's get back, let's get back. Yeah. Let's, segue. let's get back. So did you ever pursue your acting or is it until you found me? What's, what's the deal on that? And also, uh, before that question, what's some advice that you give people who are uh, singers out there who want or are looking for a career? Give me, tell them something um, of some positive advice so that can help them create a path. Well, as somebody who always felt like I was, who was way behind in the YouTube world, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm too old. You know, YouTube happened after me and all this stuff. Well, apparently not. Like, put yourself out there online because that it's so liberating as somebody who has been beholden to labels or budgets or approval or genre or anything. Like, if you can literally do anything on the internet, and put it out there and it can resonate with people. And I can now say that with experience. Um, yes. And then other, you know, put your, go onto these shows if you want, because, and I'm not gonna talk long about it, but the contract that everyone's like, oh, the contract they own you for life. No, they don't, don't worry about it. You, like the odds of you being optioned with your contract is basically zero. So you have yes. nothing to lose. Um, I don't think you have anything to lose. You have nothing to lose. It's incredible. Yeah, so acting, I mean, I grew up doing music theater, but my dream was always to be in sync. And it <laughs> so, and I, um, but my career idol was, has always been Harry Connick Jr. Because oh. he did the records, he's done Broadway, he does TV and film. So I've always wanted to do that as my big picture, but it was always after, you know, I had bazillions of dollars and 17 Grammys and neither of those things have happened. So. Uh, not yet. Not yet. So I, um, done well but not 17 grammys and billions of dollars so, yeah but i finished i finished um you know i had been the voice was great and i was able to tour extensively because of that shoeboxing i've done right. which we can i would love to talk about the shoebox and then what's just happened Please. in a minute okay. uh, because it's about typecasting like breaking out of your type which mm -hmm. has been a struggle for me but uh so i finished uh, a leg of shows and I went to my agents and I said you know I'd really like to get back on stage acting and singing and using performing in a different way mm -hmm. and I said in something like Phantom and they said uh, Phantom it's old like you should be in Dear Evan Hansen or Book of Mormon and I was like oh that would be cool except I'm I know my voice I'm going mm, I don't think I would excel like in that mm -hmm. I was like oh, I really think Phantom and um like honestly a week later the breakdown came out with phantom it was totally weird and i oh, like weird. i said i got called in for row and i thought that's great because you know i don't want to have the responsibility of if i do happen to get this job like row is just a little bit less pressure and this sounds great and then i ended up booking phantom but um 
it was against what my agents were thought was right for me. And it was you a kind of conjured it up a week prior. It's I so did. I, I, I did. Power, con- I do. And, and it's it, got my power of intention has gotten really shitty because I've just been become old and jaded. <laughs> so it's really, yourself. you're so oh, it's, young and just, well, it's just interesting that I, I, that you can, I have, I have a number of experiences in my career where I have said something and then like it ha- has happened. So I, it's true. Well, you know what I do in those my classes? I always have that power of intention, that thing going on. So, Because I, I do, you know when you conjure up somebody, you're thinking about them and all of a sudden they're there. Well, that happens in other things too. So sure. keep it. No, and I like doing it. I did the vision board with you and mm-hmm. I re- like all the stuff. It's good to allow yourself to think that way. And yeah. I'm, I'm somebody who has always been like a fearless, um, there is no backup plan. I don't need one. And I never thought about it. And then as I've gotten older, I feel like that has changed a little bit. And so I, I do, but I've always, I got known among my friends as like, I, I had a hundred million lives. Like I would always land on my feet. And mm-hmm. I, that probably has something to do with that fire and intention. And the, the more I sort of started questioning myself, the harder it was to find myself in those really kismet situations. And then all of a sudden you weren't questioning yourself and bam, you created all these incredible videos that have gone so viral, millions and millions and people are interviewing you. And um, I know I'm segueing off the box thing that you wanted to talk about. It's not a box, that's right, it's perfect actually. So I, you came to my show a couple months ago here in Los Angeles. And I, um, one of my, I've done thousands of shows as as myself. And so one thing, and I love, being in an intimate setting and I love talking to an audience. And one thing that I, I get constant feedback on is like, wow, that was such a great show. You're, you're so funny. And Hey, da, 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 and that was so funny. And I would go, I didn't really know how to take that. Cause I would be like, thank, I'm really glad you had a good time. And I also hope you really enjoyed the music, but you know, that's cool. And, Oh, and it's I, a high, high compliment. Oh, thank you. But I, I, it just, so it's, then I more recently people are like, you know, you should not just people, people I trust are saying you yes. should push, you know, you should really lean into the comedy part of your show. Like, have you ever thought of doing that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, no. And the comedy in my show is either improv or it's something that I improv once in a show that landed so hard and I remembered it. So I just kept doing it. Like it, I, anything I did do in my show wasn't written. It just happened. And then I just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get you. And um, but I, over the last three or four months, I, my wife and I, and I've had a couple sit downs with some friends to be like, all right, well, what does that look like if I did lean into comedy and how do I evolve in that way? And is that weird? And I don't know. I mean, and so then wouldn't you know it the first time that I put myself out there in a comic way was my Corona. And so and now I don't meant- even have to try to transition it transitioned on its own globally like i literally can't believe it <laughs> i hope every single person out there when they hear this they go find it we're going to put it on the link at the end of it too but it's, well it's just yeah. really interesting i mean i've and i've heard about people writing their own content and apparently like apparently that's the best way to be to show your best interest well, and i'm going to say this right now if you don't get a series when this is over <laughs> i'm going to be really surprised and i'm saying that online on my podcast i feel it in my soul you are thoroughly entertaining and the thing about you that is so funny is that you look like a leading man but the opposite of that is that the humor and the dorkiness that comes out 
that is so refreshing and so charming and so enjoyable that you just want to watch you. You just want to watch you all the time. Well, that's very sweet. It's been, uh, thank you. It's, um, it has been a very cool thing to see, to watch things happen that you hear about, like, um, a viral video. I never really understood that that was truly organic or that writing your own content. And as somebody who, like I said, has always been very protective of my reputation Yes. to a point where I, I, I mean, debilitatingly, uh, you know, I, people know me from this. I can't do that. Or I'm going to lose an audience if I do this. And, and then, um, yes. And then you're and just then, like, F it. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. So I hope it's, it's been a, like a really liberating thing for me and as, and uh, to try to not think so hard as somebody who's just tried to calculate his way through this business. A lot of, in I, think a, that's a lot the, of I think that's the fault with artists. If you think you're not in your heart and the performance mm-hmm. is in the heart and being your weird self and believe me, I'm always my weird self is, is your money. It just yeah. is. Uh, it's just so important. And I also got, um, some other actors might feel this way, but like being the Phantom is such a feather in a cap, but it's also like not the coolest role in some eyes. So uh, it, it make like, oh, he's the Phantom. So he's like a classical dramatic actor, not necessarily. And so I couldn't even get in to be seen for Waitress because oh. I'm not funny or they just like being typecast is really difficult. And so again, I'm really lucky and thankful and hopeful that this will allow for me to not be viewed in one way when all of us tend to have a lot more colors to ourselves than one. Oh, you know what they say, if you could do comedy, which now we know you can do, you can definitely do drama. If you can do drama, you might not be able to do comedy, but now you have shown the world that you can. And that's such a incredible thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so (laughs) incredible. Okay, so on your path, so what happens now? These they've gone viral, does anything happen? To you, for you, from this world? Do Are people wanting, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what happens. I've never, it's you know, very, I don't yeah. really know that world that much. Tell well, us. it's really interesting. So I, yeah. I parted ways with my agent one week before I went viral. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even know that? No. I'm a free agent, baby. Totally okay. free. Um, there it is, right now. Okay. Crazy, yeah. So I, and isn't that interesting too? Some I've been with them for eight years. Sometimes you just have to like move on break it. and break it off. Because and maybe just by breaking it off, it allowed you the freedom just to do whatever you wanted. So you didn't have to feel like you had to be in some kind of mold for anybody. Maybe. I just, there's no way that that's, that's not connected in some way. It's, it's, um, that's interesting. So when you Great. go viral, so because I didn't have agent contact, I put, like a a website email up on all my socials. So I started getting bombarded with emails directly from news news outlets all over the world. So it was Fox or CNN or now this or cool blogs or India Today or news or whatever. So uh, checking my email and trying and like letting people do their thing, creating more content. So I'm doing one a week. because my socials are growing like crazy. And so I'm looking ahead to, you know, whenever this quarantine's over, which I hope is soon, um, I want to be able to continue to evolve this out of, you know, COVID. Yeah. But so, okay, so are you doing these interviews? So are I'm doing people interviews. 
Yes. Yeah, I've done a bunch of interviews. Um, Where's Saturday Night Live? Do they know about you? Where I don't is, know. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Where? Where? We're um, I, I know. I, w I wish. Um, no, there has to be a, a way. I mean, there has to be a way. I'm going to help you find that way. Let's find it. Let's find it. I mean, it. I would love to um, develop. My plan is to create, is to next, aside from doing the parodies, I'm going to start doing some original content that'll be built out like a 10 minute episode of, right. of my own show. So I'm just going to keep writing. I'm going to write my own show for now. That'll be web-based. So it'll be a skit, a um, interview, and it'll be a song. And it'll be 10 oh. minutes. And it'll be something that's really concise and fun and entertaining. And then I am—I have been approached by some agents, and I have been approached by some developers about like managers. What do we do with this? And so, um, so the, how are you feeling? Know. How are you feeling right now during this pandemic? Because it feels like you have made the most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm very. I'm very tickled by the whole thing. And yes. this week I've been a little, it finally hit me a little bit. I got a little tired of sort of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I need to, I think, get back and get back in there and make something else. Um, do people, are people sending you on, on the site? Like do this song, do this song. Oh yeah. Like yeah. on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of suggestions, wow. <laughs> which is really funny and it's just so nice. special i mean i know you and people don't know you but you are truly the real deal just a awesome human being and i think that matters most and i think that you really care about your artistry which matters second and your well actually your family matters first but after all that and taking care of your beautiful wife and your baby and your great dad i think it's just something to be said that you put the pieces together and you have your home life in order that things and there's just things happen from a kind heart. Thank you. One thing I think I just trying to identify this is also like I have, I'm having a lot of fun making these and fun. you and I have talked about this before because this has not been fun for me for a minute mm -hmm. just because I finally got, I got a little tired. I got a little sad. Right. I, you know, this, it happens to us all. And I was it's in the hard industry. It's really the highs and the lows. Hard. And so I, I think this is the most unabashed and fun and uh, I've ever had. And the result, I don't know if it's related to that, but maybe. And then there's also something very, very empowering about um, being able to post something that I fully did myself. I didn't have to ask any permission and to know that people are out there interested in seeing it. So creating in a moment of, whether that whether we have a, a quarantine or not, now I now like know that there's no excuse to not be creative all the time. All the time. No matter what. Music, music is so healing. Before we close out, just give me three positive things to tell the listeners about life or music or acting or anything. And then I just want you to sing us out with a song. <laughs> I know. Um, with one of your songs, I don't care. Just something. Three positive things. Um, you believe in in life, anything. Yeah. Take time right now to enjoy this pause. Um, even though it's terrifying, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm unemployed. I applied for unemployment too. Like we're all in this together, but try to in, embrace that this is a once in a lifetime pause. Two, if what you're doing creatively, creatively right now is not fun for you, you need to shift it into something that is fun for you. 
because that might be the difference between you lighting up and you not lighting up mm. speaking from personal experience and um three i guess you never know when your ninth life is gonna hit you know i've had nine of them and i thought they were done and maybe they are but apparently not so (laughs) apparently not (laughs) apparently not (laughs) thank you so much for coming on today guys stay out there be courteously aggressive in any capacity that you can right now during this rough rough time but we're going to get through it it's going to be a bleep on the radar on your life i would suggest to everybody to write about it we're going to need it for the history books because 20 years from now they're going to be talking about this in school people are going to do reports on it people should be writing about it for the history books take us out with a song can you take us out with something maybe your latest one i don't care what it is hello from the inside it's just me and myself and i and i stay home order that's breaking my heart but it's clearly what we should have done from the start peace everybody Look them up on youtube bye yeah, Jerry. Thank you're gonna you. do it you're gonna do it chris man music chris man music chris man music bye everybody bye. thank you so much